What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ted Jones World Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Look at this lovely man on the screen with me, Steve Driscoll from the Steve Driscoll Show. Steve, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm excited to get you on, man. How is everything in Brooklyn over there? Everything's great. I mean, the weather's, it's not raining, but it's cloudy. I kind of like it. Fall's here. I feel good, man. I feel good. Where were you this summer? We were just talking about how you uh, moved from Hoboken to Brooklyn. I was in Hoboken, and then uh, I moved to Brooklyn on August 1st. So, guys, I found Steve, I guess, for the most part, on TikTok. This is a friendship that started on TikTok, and then um, got involved with Steve at Steve's Instagram. And you've been doing your podcast for what, like about a year now? Like a year, but I really started like doing it consistently in February. So, whatever, six months, I guess. Okay, cool, man. So um, we were just talking about how you do kind of have a podcast uh, co-host. I, myself, or you guys listening, watching uh, in the past, you know, we've had two co-hosts in the past. We had producer Pat initially, who was helping with like putting everything together behind the scenes. And then we had Peter Moran, who was also on the podcast couch with me. It's easier when I'm able to bounce off ideas or like just topics of conversation um, in general on. Do you have... Or do you do like episodes when it's just you? No, never. I can't. I'm not good at like talking by myself. I, I need someone to talk with me for sure. So for the most part, I'll be able to go for maybe like eight to 10 minutes when it's just me like talking to the camera, or just talking right into the audio. But then occasionally I'm just like, I have to stop and like slow down. And I don't want to say something that I end up like not wanting to say, you know what I mean? 100%. I, I, I'm happy to be on your show where like, there's like no pressure on me to think of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, to totally, dude. I told Steve before this, I was like, dude, if you say anything you regret saying, we'll cut it out. But I'm sure you won't, man. Yeah, I do that with my guests too. I'm like, don't worry. Like, yeah, nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. We won't make you look too dumb. So, no. dude, so you just moved to Brooklyn. What's your favorite part about Brooklyn, man? I saw you drinking kava on the street the other day with your yes. brother. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, just like so many uh, young people around, so much stuff happening, a lot of cool restaurants, like literally all hours of the day from like six in the morning to like midnight, there's just shit happening all the time. Like there's a big park and a lot of people hanging out there. A lot more of my friends live here. I'm just way more active living in Brooklyn than Hoboken. So initially when you moved to Hoboken, what was the deciding factor moving to Hoboken? Was it like a, a good rent deal that you got during COVID? So I, I lived in Hoboken for six years with my brothers. I have three brothers and I lived with all of them separately during that time. And I also worked in Hoboken. So it just made a lot of sense. And then uh, finally, like they all, you know, got their engaged and their girlfriends. So we all just kind of were like, let's, let's separate. And then uh, my friend lived in Brooklyn. He had a spot for me. So I, I moved here. And you're, you're still single though? Uh, I, I mean, I have a girl, but yeah, we haven't done that. Yeah. Okay, right. You haven't it's asked the question. New, it's new, it's new, it's new. Dude, it's funny. I feel like the last time I even like asked anyone to be my girlfriend was probably like four or five years ago. And then since then, it's been pretty light, you know, not, yeah, not yeah. too many prospects, but obviously always looking for the one, man, which I'm sure you oh, are. So, Steve, um, you yourself are like a sports and lifestyle guy. I am, I guess, here on this podcast, or as you guys know, watching and listening. I see you do work with Sports Illustrated. How do you kind of work with them? How, do, how, how is that going? Uh, so I work for a sports startup called thespun.com, and uh, Sports Illustrated's parent company bought us. So I don't work for Sports Illustrated, but I do videos for them because of that relationship of like working for the same company. 
Okay. So and I just kind of like worked and got in there. And they knew I did videos and stuff. Right. And for the most part, what, I mean, what's your, I mean, what's the sport you follow the most, like baseball or football? Probably the NBA, but, uh, okay. but I, I also watch the NFL. Like I'm watching the Buccaneers Cowboys tonight for sure. Dude, so in one of your one of your YouTube videos, I'm pretty sure I saw a candle of Tom Brady. Was that right? Yeah, I think it was my brother's friend's candle, but it's still in my old phone. Dude, so I have the I have the same one up here. I have Chris Jenner. I actually got this for one of my buddies who was on the podcast. Never ended up giving it to him, but I just have a Chris Jenner Saint candle there that says, "You're you doing great, sweetie." It's fresh. <laughs> you gotta light it up. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. I do. I actually still have not <laughs> used it yet. So um, I saw a hilarious episode of your podcast with Joe. Is it Joe Facone? Uh, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Okay. So the king of Jersey Shore, also a conspiracy theorist, I guess, doesn't really uh, believe in dinosaurs. So for the most part, um, I guess the vibe on your show kind of is similar to what we've got going on here, no? It's just like shooting shit, I guess. Like, I try to find topics that I think will get traction on the internet. But, uh, yeah, like, if someone asks me, like, what my show's about, I don't know what to tell them. I really don't. I Dude, that's funny. For the most part, like, I kind of have the same thing. It's like shooting the shit, lifestyle, maybe a little, not financial advice, but financial talk. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so stuff that people can always talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just normal conversation. I found you on TikTok, like I was saying earlier. Some of the questions that you've had, like the would you rathers are pretty funny. It seems like you, like, obviously do one of them. What was it? It was like the, the Randy Johnson once a year having throw a fastball at your moving body what would that was that would that be from like 60 feet away for 10 mil i imagine like if you're thinking of a hypothetical <laughs> you're thinking like baseball mound distance for sure i think it was 30 mil but yeah, yeah, <laughs> Some, yeah. something that i would something that i would definitely do and then also it was like um eat pizza or never eat pizza again or a million dollars yeah I, I i'm a big i would always take the money in all these situations i i'm this i can give up this shit i can give me the money so I'm in that situation. I'm a vegan, so I'd give up the pizza. But do, have you seen this meme going around? It's like $500,000 or a dinner with Jay-Z. Have you seen that floating around? I was talking about it last night, yeah. So what are your thoughts on it? Take the money. Jay-Z's not going to give you enough where you're going to get rich. It's hilarious. And then, like, one of the explaining points was from, like, a finance guy. He's like, Jay-Z will give you the, um, the like, ambivalence to make your – brand worth whatever it is it's like jay-z would tell you to take the 500k man he would tell you to work hard yeah he'd tell you to take the money for sure yeah oh, the like, only thing jay-z can do is work hard but. yeah literally he's like why am i standing here dude you should have taken the 500k so um in one of your in one of your episodes man i also heard that you did like a date on your podcast no 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 no. all right no no no, no. i met a comedian on hinge and she came on the podcast like I met her on Hinge like four years ago and then she would randomly message me. And then eventually I was just like, all right, let's just have this girl on my podcast. But it was very strictly platonic. Like the vibe was set on that platonic from the get-go. Had you gone on a date with her though, like previously? Never. Straight up uh, internet like messaging. Never, never a date, no. Isn't it funny though how like you can just meet someone on Hinge and then you just like become friends? I feel like they should have more apps like that where you could just be platonic friends, but it doesn't really work like that. It, like, couldn't work like that. It, like, even if that app, an app like that was set up, it would be, like, it's just not how people want to meet friends, but you can meet friends that way. It almost has to happen by accident. How did it happen? Explain. 
like us be like she like we matched once like talked for a little bit and then like six months later she would message me being like i miss you and like, i thought that was funny and then like <laughs> every like few months she did it for years so eventually i was just like all right let me look into this person she's a comedian i, I just started my podcast i'm like this is like the first real guest i could have and i was like i'm just trying to get better at becoming a host so i was like i need a stranger on so i hit her up nice man Good move. Yeah. So uh, talking about comedy shows, we got to get you to do a Ted Jones comedy show. If you guys were at the last show last Thursday, it was a blast. Thank you everyone so much for coming after the hurricane, man. Where were you during this hurricane? Cause like the show was in a basement type and I thought it was going to be under four oh, feet of water. Shit. Did it was coming through the doors? The no, water? it was like, it ended up being all good. I live uh, pretty close to the theater that it was at, at Asylum NYC in Chelsea. So I went to the gym which is like close by to the theater also that morning. And the lady opened the door up. She's like, I just called my boss. It's a nightmare down there. So apparently the gym was underwater, but the theater that was close by was totally fine. Art, art over athletics. That's what that is right yeah. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I like comedy shows. I just, we're, uh, yeah, I got to go to one. Uh, I'll definitely yeah. go to one. Especially since you're in Brooklyn, you're close by, man. But getting back to what, where were you during this hurricane? I was just in my apartment, so I didn't really know how intense it was. Like, my roommate went out to a bar, and he texted me being like, yo, it's raining hard. Like, I was asleep. And then the next day, I woke up, and there was no flooding around here, so I didn't quite know how bad it was until, like, you know, a bunch of people texted and stuff. It was, it's interesting, man, because, like, there are just some parts that didn't really see it at all. There was a, I'm not sure if you saw this video, three blocks away from my apartment at the one train station, there was just water gushing through you really don't feel it in some buildings it's the lay of the land whatever and then other suburban parts of brooklyn and new jersey was really affected and are still fucked up you know yeah hoboken gets fucked up by rain hoboken regular, regular rainy day hoboken's flooding it's just they have bad infrastructure interesting it's also because you guys are like right on the water now yeah it's probably a combination of things but it's so terrible so where were you traveling from the most? Like when you go on the path train to, I guess in the past with Hoboken, would you go to Manhattan a bunch? Yeah, I'd go on Manhattan a bunch. And uh, my current roommate lived in Brooklyn already. So we would, we'd go on Brooklyn a lot too, but definitely mostly Manhattan, I would say, downtown. So where in Brooklyn are you? Greenpoint on the border of Williamsburg. Very nice, man. So my sister actually lived close by to the, uh, I won't say the exact address, but like the Manhattan Avenue G train is that is the Manhattan Avenue right there? There's Manhattan Avenue. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. It's pretty Polish, huh? Yeah, I, I think. All, yeah, I think it definitely is. You don't like. I, I guess like I'm not that observant. I don't notice those things. So like, <laughs> I've been told that. I've been told it's very Polish. A lot of Polish signs all over the place. Rather, I'm sure. Yeah, it's definitely become like uh, for the most part like infiltrated with like a lot of young American people though for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. What's your favorite spot in Greenpoint? Like, how long have you lived in Brooklyn for? I lived in Brooklyn. I actually moved here August 10th, so less than a month. Wow. I, right. I like uh, I like Emily's Pork Shop. They got the best chicken cutlet sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Emily's Very Pork good. Shop. All right, guys, yeah, noted. Good. Try that out in Greenpoint. Yeah, 10 bucks. Not bad, right? That's a good deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're spending a lot of time in Greenpoint now. Are you working from home for the most part? In terms of doing your podcast and show, I see you have like a lot of cameras working. Are you the guy yeah. behind the scenes for everything? How's that working? Yeah, I, I set everything up and then I, I'm the editor too, which is why it takes so damn long to make these things. Like there's just so many tasks and I often fuck up things. Like my newest episode, one of the cameras went out, but uh, 
Like, um, yeah, I'm, I kind of just set it all up. Technical difficulties, right? That was it. That was one of the episodes, yeah. How many cameras do you have going on, on your show, like, at a time? Is it three? Three cameras, yeah. Okay. Three cameras, and three mics, four lights, yeah. Do you have a background in production at all? Uh, I took, like, one class in college that didn't... No, honestly, I kind of just taught myself, but, like, I learned how to record on microphones in college for one class. Yeah, didn't do well in that class. I was, um, I was a journalism major, so, like, I kind of learned, like, the back end, but when it came to editing shit, man, I was, like... Any group kind of project that we were doing, like I would do my best to do everything else, like besides the editing. And then, like after I kind of stopped working with the the first co-host, rather who was like doing the production side, I really had to learn everything. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of trial and error in terms of like, okay, will this work? Each time, I got like a little bit better at it. I don't know if you wear contacts. Do you wear contacts in your eyes? Yeah, I do. I do. So, I do. Like I remember each eye used to take me like forty-five minutes, and then it was like it took thirty minutes, and then from there you finally figured it out. You know, you don't just need to like have somebody even helping you or putting it on your eye. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. You know. So it's a lot less scary when you do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So in terms of putting everything together, do you have a set schedule per week when you're releasing episodes? And then, you know, I think it's just interesting for people to hear, you know, the both of us were doing, I'd say, I mean, I'd say I'm doing almost 100% of the work just behind the scenes, and it sounds like you are too. But just getting to know kind of everything in your whole production process, I guess it'll become easier when I know like what I'm looking for in terms of, somebody being able to put things together you know what i mean yeah um basically the hardest part is getting a guest because like i don't i want to make it worth my while but yeah i just like kind of set up tripods and a camera and then i'll put yeah i kind of set up all the equipment and then like uh i'll have my guest come like a few hours later and then uh they i usually have them like help me like i'll, I'll be like yo sit down in that chair like i'll frame you up stuff like that how um how's your roommate handling it he doesn't mind that are you using the living room for recording and stuff no so we're actually a two-story apartment so it's like uh i have my own space right now yeah that's dope so you just have your bedroom and then that's where you're recording too no like my our, our bedroom and kitchen and living room were downstairs and then we just have like this area upstairs that like it's like kind of perfect for what i was doing yeah. damn dude and yeah. and you keep everything set up like the entire time or are you messing with the cameras putting them away fixing the tripods I put some stuff away, but I, I do leave out, like, the microphones on the microphone stand. Me too. But I clean it up because I don't want to make it look like shit. You want to see if I can swing you around? This is very unorthodox move right here, dude. But I keep those lights right there. Here's an extra light. And then I got that microphone, a little Rodecaster Pro. But for the most part, dude, I don't really have any visitors. I could just, like, keep it around, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. The roadcaster—that's the—that's the best thing. Yeah, it's the—it's the best one, and it has become really easy to to um to use as soon as I've learned how to use it. You know. For sure, for sure. Where did you go to college? I went to Loyola, Maryland. Okay. Baltimore. Is that—that's yeah. Loyola University or college? Maryland. It's it's university now. It was college like probably fifteen years ago. Okay, and where did you grow up? In New Jersey. Where in New Jersey? Like uh, Watchung, Morristown. Northern okay. So I was born in the New Brunswick Hospital. I lived there in Princeton for six weeks, and then I moved oh, wow. to Manhattan. And then I've been here. Except grew up for, in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. I played tennis at University of Connecticut. That was like the furthest away I went from New York. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to go to Connecticut, I wanted to stay close to home. Having the prestige of the basketball team, man, was really something. 
being oh, yeah. able to being able to go to college and really have sports teams that were just out of controlly good. I don't even know if that's like the right way to say it, but like <laughs> freshman and senior year, we won the uh, men's national championship in basketball. So was that when that was it. I went to I went to school 2010. I graduated in 2014. So you're a year older than me. Word. I, I remember okay. those teams. So yeah. you had Kemba Walker the first time. And then yes. Started. Yes, exactly, dude. Nice call. And then yeah. uh, it was also the time when the women's basketball team won, I'm pretty sure, like 100 games in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so our, fr- our freshman year was the best UConn football has been probably in the last 30 years. We finished like 25 in the country. We won the Big East tournament when we were still in the Big East. Being an athlete at UConn was just such a big deal, or people would have thought that it was such a big deal. But like the tennis team, I mean, they really only kept us around because we had like good grades or like we kept the average, I guess, up. And we weren't really making money for the, the school, but it was like nice to have a tennis team. My cousin was on that football team. He's like a oh. backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was there, what was his name? Blaze Driscoll. Bro, shut up. Your cousin is Blaze? You know, you know my cousin? Yes, dude. I was in class with him. Oh, yeah, we're tight. He's like my tightest cousin. But that's really funny, man. Wow. Yeah. I may have met some. I've met some of his UConn friends, for sure. Sure. Um, so how's he doing now? How's he, he's, he do- good. he's got like a long-term girlfriend. He's, uh, he's living in Westchester now, I think. Okay. Uh, working in recruiting yeah doing good. that's that's great man good for him that's that's really a funny connection that we just made man when working with sports illustrated and then working with uh this company that you were speaking about what are some of the more interesting things that you're uh working on with them um uh, i mean right now i'm just kind of doing like social media stuff we're a small company so i basically just like help out everywhere i can it, my my job changes like every few months honestly but it's a lot of marketing within yeah. the company yeah for sure for sure so what's next for the steve driscoll show uh i put out an episode last night we were the drinking cob in the street but uh i'm just trying to get more guests on um i, I like this influencer girl who keeps saying she's gonna come on but then she keeps flaking but uh that sounds she, like an influencer yeah, my my plan is to just, uh build it brick by brick you know one episode leads to this another leads to that someone sees it so i'm not really sure what exactly what my plan is but only good things can come out of trying to do what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent, bro. Well freaking said, man. I wanted to talk about one of the other uh, viral TikTok videos that you had here. So <laughs> it was, it was, you were saying going down a water slide to win $1 billion or to get $1 billion, but you had a 1% chance of dying. I immediately would hop on that water slide. What are your thoughts here? 100%. So that question was like, in my office, my coworkers asked that question. Billion dollars, we have one percent chance of dying. I would like, definitely do it. And they thought I was crazy for taking the money. And then I was like, it's a one percent chance. And then we got into the debate about if there's a hundred people in the arena and one's guaranteed to die, would you still do it? I said I would, but I was also saying that's not the same as the other one percent. You know what I'm saying? Well, it is though. It, it, it's one out of one hundred, but it's not the same as one percent. If every person had a <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like it is. Yeah, okay. So you have a stat that's like one out of every 50 million flights, there's a crash. There's no guarantee that in every 50 million flights there's going to be a crash. Maybe that's not the right number to use. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but then if you add the guarantee in there, it's, it changes things. 
Sure. Like maybe it would be, maybe it would be, it would be like if you had to fly on a, a plane and one out of a hundred. Yeah. I'm like trying to think it. of a good analogy without saying anything like fucked up, but like, uh, <laughs> like, like, all right, one out of every, like, let's say one out of every thousand men get a certain disease. It doesn't mean you get a thousand men in a room that they're all going to get that. That one's going to get that disease. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting because the, I mean, the math works out though. Like, you know, 99 out of a hundred wouldn't get the billion dollars and then you the one person yeah. would die. Yeah, that is one percent, but it's a different one percent. It's weird. It's yeah, no, I, I I hear what I hear what you're saying, man. So TikToks are going viral, bro. Um, working on the the podcast here, and so for the most part, you're just looking to have more guests. And dude, you got to come out to a comedy show, man. That's what that's where you meet a lot of funny people. I feel like I feel like that might be the move. Yeah, because I do. I definitely want to get. Yeah, I gotta I gotta expand my horizons a little bit. Right. I mean, Greenpoint is a great place. They have a lot of good bars there too, no? Definitely, yeah. So you're staying in Greenpoint just for the most part and then venture off to other places in Brooklyn and Manhattan as as time yeah. goes on? Like Williamsburg is literally like the same thing. It's like a block away. But uh, yeah, basically. It's Manhattan Avenue also, Williamsburg too, right? Probably. I, I imagine it is. It's long enough where like it definitely goes into it. Right. I bet it is. Sure. Interesting, man. You want to freaking take the take the time on the microphone right here to let anybody know who's watching and listening. What's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, what's up, guys? Um, <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Like plug myself? Yeah, plug yourself, bro. <laughs> I to plug myself uh, on Instagram at Steve Driscoll Show, D R I S C O L L. We'll post that right here in the YouTube, by the way, guys. In Spotify. That's Apple what I'm podcast. saying. That's the power of editing. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, what is that thing behind you? So I wish I knew the brand, but uh, my roommate does advertising for like smaller businesses. And this is one of the companies and they sent us two blankets. So we had to cover the lighting from coming in to like make it look good. So we thought, why not throw up the blanket? And the podcast couch, man, I'm, I'm loving the coloring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good color. It's a great color. Steve Driscoll from the Steve Driscoll Show. Thank you so much, man, for doing this podcast. And uh, no we'll see you. We'll see you in uh, Manhattan pretty soon, eh? Yeah, where's your comedy shows at? You have a so, okay, so we have our next show in October, and it's will be it'll be at the Stand in New York in oh, Union yeah. Square. It's a dope place, dope place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I've heard. I've never been there. One oh six East Sixteenth Street. We have great shows there. Great shows in the past, and then I'm sure this lineup um, coming up in the next couple of weeks will be will be amazing, and we'd love to have you there, bro. Cool, man. I, I would go to the Stand. Fuck yeah. Great, man. All right, Steve. Yeah. Thank you so much, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bro. Right, man, nice meeting you. Thanks, Peace. man.